Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Carolina Weather Group. Happy to have you this evening. And tonight, we, our guest is Mark Suddeth from HurricaneTracks.com. And Mark seems to join us at every year towards the end of the uh, the season to try to recap all that's went on in uh, the tropics and, well, even winter storms as Mark is now chasing some winter storms. So we'll talk all about that tonight. Uh, before we do that, uh, we'd love for you to uh, make sure that you subscribe to our podcast uh, your favorite podcast outlet, wherever that it may be, just hit that subscribe button, leave um, a rating or comments or anything like that. Uh, we're always looking at comments and looking for future guests. So make sure um, if you would do that for us, we'd greatly appreciate it. And you can also do that on our uh, YouTube page. Just hit the uh, subscribe button, the follow button there. And so anytime that we come on, it'll send an alert to your phone or your email. That way you can see the latest episodes from the Carolina Weather Group. So thank you uh, for doing that. We appreciate that. So let's bring in Mark, our guest tonight. Mark, man, it's been a, a busy year for you. I mean, I, I think uh, we were talking off uh, camera here just a little bit ago, um, how this fall really has has been pretty busy for you. So uh, how, how have you been lately? Really since late August when, you know, because we had a, a shutout, no name storms in August, um, the tropics picked up. But, you know, since we last talked, um, I guess at the tail end of the 21 season, Ida was the big uh, event. And this year it was another three letter name, Ian. So, you know, we're going to continue that when, in 23. Well, there, I don't know what the I storm is. You'd think I would know that. I don't think it's three letters for next year that the odds of that are pretty slim, <laughs> but you know, there's something about that I storm, right? But um, ever since we got together last, let's see, we had, several winter storms in the Carolinas in January, where I got to see two out of you four in person. And uh, that was nice. I got to come to the Western part of the state, uh, try out my new uh, Toyota Tacoma. It was brand new when I, when I brought it up there to Asheville and to Hickory. And then since then, uh, I went up to the Great Lakes for a lake effect event. Um, and then a big nor'easter last year or last winter, still this year, that's the thing. Um, and then kind of calmed down a little bit, had some conferences to attend, then some spring severe weather work out in the Great Plains. We're always trying different things. You know, I know there's 10,000 storm chasers and, you know, what's left to do? Well, plenty. There's always a different angle, a different way, just a different perspective on things. And, you know, we tried to do that, uh, working with some of our colleagues. And um, then it was, you know, summer and we had in anticipation of a very busy hurricane season, the Euro seasonal in June was pr projecting an ace this year of 225. Kind of didn't happen, but it didn't matter. We still had the impacts, right? Uh, that's a whole other story. Um, and then we just kind of waited. Okay, when is when are these hurricanes going to come uh, from a scientific perspective? Of course, we got all this equipment, all of this capability. We want to put it to use. And if it's going to be a busy season, Let's go. And then we had the desert monsoon that cranked up. That was very well forecast. In fact, I got my Arizona shirt on here. This is, uh, you can't get these. These are from the Hot Shots um, Memorial that uh, they died there, 19 of them in um, Arizona. The Granite Mountain Hot Shots, they have a memorial there. And there's this little roadside attraction that you can buy these shirts from some of the rangers, the uh, state of Arizona park rangers. But anyway, went out for the monsoon. That's where I got this. That was really active, very well forecast by the guidance that came to pass. They need the rain out there always. And then, like I said, we waited for the hurricanes. August was a big zero. 
but then September more than made up for it. Fiona, you know, played kind of cat and mouse with the East Coast of the U.S., finally going up into Nova Scotia after devastating Puerto Rico, and then came Ian, and Ian could be its own epic two-hour extravaganza, of course. Um, and I just felt like Ian was straight to the Super Bowl. You know, like, oh, there's no regular season, there's no playoffs, just straight to the Super Bowl. We usually get an Elsa or um, a Cristobal or whatever from 2020 as an example, you know, an Isaias, a cat one somewhere to kind of warm up. No, let's just go right up to borderline cat five and one of the most densely populated storm surge prone area of the country. Why not? You know, let that be the big one for the year. And this has been nonstop ever since, you know, we had the, um, went down for Artemis, the launch of, and that's getting ready to come back now, the Orion part of the whole Artemis mission. That was spectacular, by the way. I mean, you must, all of you, listening, watching, you know, the four of you go down and see the next one in a couple of years, you will feel it in your body. And you say, well, I saw a space shuttle launch when they did it. This is nothing like that. This is so much bigger. That's like saying, I watched the Avengers on my iPhone. Well, did you see it in IMAX? You know, that's that's the, the difference there. It really is. Um, that was incredible. And then I came right back for Nicole. And they're still cleaning up, of course, from Ian and Nicole down in Florida. And then we had the Lake Effect Snow. Actually, it was Nicole, then uh, Artemis, then Lake Effect Snow. See, I'm already mixing it up myself. <laughs> and here I am, kind of worn out, but I made it. So another year behind me, joining the CWG guys. We, you and I, and I think you met up with Evan as well yeah. uh, in January during the winter, winter storm. And, you know... I guess my question to you is, looking back at this year, it's been so crazy, and it's hard to remember that January was still this year when we had that snow, but, like, what is what is that mindset for you? I mean, like, is this just, uh, you know, do you, you look at the pattern, like, all right, this is this is what I'm going to, what I'm going to focus on, or is it just like, hey, it looks like this is going to happen, let's load up and go see what we can find? Yeah, I mean, I watched the, um, mainly the GFS operational Every day, just like I look for hurricanes, and you just get used to it. You get obsessed um, in a good way uh, with the weather. You just you know what you're looking for. It's just so automatic. And then I read Twitter, and um, regardless of what Elon Musk has done with it, for me, it's still fine. I mean, honestly, it's. I mean, Twitter has walls, and you just leave those walls up, and you're fine. I don't. That's a whole other issue. But I look at Twitter. I see what people are saying. I follow certain people. And then you start digging in and you, you start seeing these chances of something happening. And just like with hurricanes, it gets fine-tuned the closer you get. And at the heart of it, I'm a weather geek and always have been. Got very excited as a kid when it looked like it was going to snow. And still excited all these years later at the ripe old age of 52. I love it. It's exciting. Um, and yeah, but it also has impacts. It can hamper travel. It can cause disruptions, power outages, flight delays. There's there's a lot more to it. So that part about impacts is very similar to hurricanes. And yet with snowstorms, it's kind of okay to get more excited about it. If you get excited about hurricanes, people threaten to come burn your house down, you know, and it, like they don't understand. I'm not excited that people's lives are going to be destroyed on anything. I'm excited to be able to witness that piece of meteorological phenomenon and actually 
study it even just a little bit with some of the instruments that we have. And snowstorms and severe weather on the Great Plains or whatever the big ticket weather event may be, to me, it's it's all worthy uh, of of an observation and you know talking about and engaging people. And uh, it's just I, I can't see myself doing anything else. And it's probably too late at this point anyway. Well, Mark, you are hurricane track, but. You're also in all these snowstorms, as you mentioned. What are your research? Uh, what's your research focus outside of hurricanes when you're in the snowstorms or even the severe weather out west? The biggest thing is the socio. Well, what do I call it? The um, psycoms or something like that. What's the word that just really getting the word out? It's the sociological side to it and the geographic impact with the opportunity to test equipment. Um, so I could put stuff out in my yard and test it in Wilmington, and that's boring, you know. So if there's a big snowstorm, maybe we're trying something different. Um, and it just brings engagement. You know, there are the opportunities to maybe see something interesting that I can post on Twitter or maybe send in to my friends at the weather service. There might be some observations. It's just a a continuation, you know, of what we're doing in hurricane season. Um, staying in tune, you know, that's the way I look at it too, that we don't just shut the lights off on November 30th and hey, see everybody on June 1st. That too would be awfully boring. And I did that for a long time. I just didn't have the funding to go out, you know, to Cape Cod or to go, you know, in the summertime, go to the desert Southwest for the monsoon. Now through the crowdfunding and most recently through this year and for 2023, working with Fox Weather before that was the Weather Channel, offered me these opportunities to do more. And just really, at the end of the day, it's just getting to live that dream of being a weather geek and doing something about it that's even just a little bit constructive. I mean, look, we're not setting groundbreaking atmospheric research that's going to turn the whole thing on its head, but it's just part of the puzzle piece. Everybody else is doing the same kind of thing, even people that just photograph it or just video it, you know, as long as they're behaving. And, you know, there's a few people out there that you could we just do without, but the rest of the community does a really good job. And I think it's just all part of the big puzzle that we call weather. Let's, let's talk about the big elephant in the room and, and Hurricane Ian. So let's, uh, I'm trying to remember, <laughs> there's been so much that's went on. Uh, there was some discrepancies at first of where it may hit. Was, was sure. it going to be the Panhandle or Tampa oh, or yeah. Southwest Florida? Uh, so kind of give us uh, a perspective of you're packing up from Wilmington, heading down, and, and just kind of give us the play-by-play after, you know, from there. I actually packed up in Wilmington, and I headed to Philadelphia, and everybody's going to go, why would you do that? Well, that's because I thought I was driving to Nova Scotia, and, and then you would go, well, why would you do that? Uh, that was for Fiona. Um, that plan was set into motion, and um, I was going to take a bunch of stuff. I mean, look, the, the forecast for Fiona, and in fact, the Ian story starts with Fiona, so let's just go there first. It looked like it was going to be a record-setting event for Nova Scotia, and here's how you know. When Josh Morgerman is going to go to Nova Scotia, <laughs> you know it's a big deal, because he doesn't usually do the extratropical events, right? And this looked really, really big so that it even got Josh to leave Mississippi to go up there. And other people were going too. Um, And I thought, all right, I want to do it right. 
not that they're doing it wrong. I just want to bring everything I've got, you know. So I said, hey, let's drive. So I packed up my Tacoma and uh, drove up to Dulles, picked up Matt, my colleague from uh, Denver. And then Ian was coming into the picture and it just started morphing and changing. And we went from, okay, instead of driving, maybe you fly from Philly tomorrow, whatever this next day would be do your thing, fly back, and we start heading down to Florida, is like, there's no way we're going to miss Ian. That would just be like a huge faux pas, right? And then it just came to pass that it, it you know, we couldn't go to Nova Scotia at all. Like Ian was too pressing. So we started the Ian mission in Philadelphia, already ready to go, but we needed more stuff. So we came back home, rented a bigger vehicle, moved everything over to that that weekend, got down to Naples and Key West and all that. I think it was Monday into Tuesday, set up uh, just a ton of equipment all over the place. Um, and uh, then went up to Orlando and purposely stayed out of the eyewall along the Southwest coast because I didn't want to get stuck in a slow moving hurricane over Southwest Florida at night because it came in slow, then it became nighttime. And and we knew it was coming towards your area, Scotty, where you now are with your, um, what is, in weather, it's the CWA. What do you call your demographic? It's the, uh, the DM, DMA. Yes, DMA. thank you. And so it came into your market, right? So Ian was yes. headed up to the Carolinas. I didn't want to miss that. Um, I get too ambitious sometimes. And I mean, look, I was going to drive to Nova Scotia. Um, <laughs> so it was very challenging, very long, again, very compressed. I felt like it was like straight to the Super Bowl. You know, we didn't have any practice season, et cetera. Um, and it was very successful on a lot of different levels. But I didn't have anything at Fort Myers Beach. And I regret that. However, I am extremely happy and proud that Max Olson did. Following what I've done with our remote cams, I don't have a patent on it. You know, I don't stop people. I don't, that's great. And he was there. He had his camera there. And we've seen it. I mean, that's remarkable. And it's really neat to be able to compare Max's video from Fort Myers Beach to the Michael video that we had in Mexico Beach. Both of them high-end hurricanes, different surges. There's a lot that can be gleaned from that. So I'm glad somebody, I mean, we had stuff. I mean, look, we had something 14 miles away in Captiva. But that just goes to show you 14 miles Look at the difference. Our camera in Captiva went right through the eye. The eye came right over it. It was kind of rough and tumble, a little exciting, but nothing at all that looks like Max's video down in that right front quadrant at that little catcher's mitt that we know of as Fort Myers Beach. I think that is a huge um, lesson in you're going to stake your whole life on 14 miles. I've done this for 30 something years. And I missed it by 14 miles in terms of the jackpot. And I'm just going down there to do this stuff and set up my whatever. I don't live there. And there are people that decided, yeah, I'm going to wait and see. And, you know, and look what happened. Max caught some of them floating away. They lived. But what a story. I mean, so Ian was a lesson for me, you know, kind of humbling. Like, I'm not always going to have my Mexico beach or my Ida, you know, like, ah, and that's not what it's all about. I do the best I can. And it's good to see other people doing more stuff, too, with remote cams. It's a big world. There's plenty of, of room for cameras out there. Um, and then what the public had to deal with 
with the cone and, oh, it's going to wherever. I don't have to worry about it. And just not understanding impacts versus, you know, well, it is going up towards Tampa. Yeah, well, Naples could still have six to nine feet of surge. There, Ian is going to be sort of haunting the emergency management and, and weather community for a long time to come um, because it caught us off guard as a community that over 150 people died, if, I'm, if memory serves, from the latest data, you know, multi-billions of dollars in damage, of course, which was not much you can do about that. That was just waiting to happen. Uh, but the deaths is unacceptable. Even one is unacceptable. So why did that happen? Southwest Florida is such an educated, wealthy area. Um, you know, like why were people filming their McLarens floating out of their houses in Naples? And they look outside and it's like they're in a fishbowl. Dan Brown from the National Hurricane Center told me, and this is a great line, so it's his line, Ian is the most documented storm surge event in all of human history, probably, paraphrasing our conversation. And it's not from people like me or Max or anybody else. It's from all of the people that used this to record, in some instances, their own deaths. That's not good. That that's not that's that's we have to do better. So Ian is a lesson in we can still uh, catch that right hook, so to speak. You know, we're social media. We're also smart with all this technology and TV everywhere and. GIS stuff and all these maps, and yet we still get the right hook. It comes out of nowhere sometimes. Well, let's talk about the uh, event up in uh, the Great Lakes, the uh, the Buffalo Snow. That's uh, goodness. Uh, I remember seeing pictures of the Buffalo Bills Stadium, and like the yeah. snow was. I mean, from the I guess the field level to where the seats are. I mean, there was it was level. It was eye to eye. So there was a lot of snow up there. Yeah, that was well advertised. Um, and I, I do finally have my chronology straight. It was Nicole and then Artemis and then the, the Great Lake snow event. Because um, I remember when I was down in Titusville to watch Artemis, I had a GoPro sitting there. I put it on a rock next to the water. I guess it's the Intracoastal Waterway or whatever it is between the barrier islands out there where Cape Canaveral is and Titusville. Um, and there's these wrecked sailboats that are up on this park. And one of those is in the shot. But anyway, in the back of my mind, I'm watching everything, seeing this buffalo uh, up to, and I want to leave out Watertown in the Tug Hill region too. The the Great Lakes snow machine was going to crank up. And I literally drove home, slept four hours, packed up a few things, picked up my other colleague in Fuquay, Varina, Marcel, a geographer from Brazil that's in the United States studying the weather. He went with me, thank goodness, because I was so tired. And we did that treacherous drive up to the Great Lakes region. We got to the southern part of Buffalo around midnight, and the thunder snow had just really started cranking up. And I know there's the, the famous clips of Cantori and the thunder snow that are out there. Um, this wasn't quite that vivid because I wasn't right under it, but it was so neat to see just one after the other. And just to hear the thunder roll through that very dense snow it's different because it gets dampened. I can't explain that. It's just like, and Evan, you of all people, all the snow you've been in, you know how the snowpack makes it feel like you're in a recording studio? Yeah. It just deadens the sound. It does that to the thunder. You know, it doesn't have that echoey. 
it's just so weird. It's almost like parts of the frequencies get clipped. And um, you know, the lightning and then the thunder is really remarkable. And then the snow was just insane. Um, we we got up to our hotel, put a couple cameras up, um, did a lot of reporting for Fox Weather, um, and then went up to Watertown the next day. But here's the cool thing. This is so neat about it. These bands come off. You got one that's coming off of Erie into the Buffalo area. And then you got one that comes up into basically the Watertown area into Tug Hill Plateau. But in between, you have Rochester and Syracuse. And you go up I-81 and there's nothing. The gradient is just insane. Like, it's really amazing. And so you leave Buffalo, which is virtually shut down. And we go up I-81, went to Syracuse, and we had Cheesecake Factory for lunch. No problem. No snow anywhere. It's blue skies. And then you drive up I-81 towards Watertown, and you can see the band. It looks like a big loaf of bread in the sky, like stretched out. And you see it on radar. And, you know, it's like the cross-section of that bread. And you drive into it, and you go to zero visibility in just a matter of seconds. That is as disruptive as it is, and it is, it's awesome. It's just spectacular to see it. And then, you know, you drive into Watertown, and that's an amazing area. And parts of Watertown were open, you know, like no big deal because they're plowing and they keep everything. Buffalo just got so much in some areas that they, um, some areas, uh, Hamburg and um, what's that one area? close to the stadium you know orchard park is it orchard park yes yeah they had to give up (laughs) just let nature uh do its thing and they'll catch up later um it was just really neat and you know i saw a picture today somebody posted on twitter as like their dog laying in this one little patch of snow that was left in hamburg they're like this is all that's left of the 80 something inches of snow it was just a little patch easy come easy go well, Mark, we appreciate you joining us tonight. Um, we'll continue to, to follow along, and uh, hopefully uh, this next year we'll give you a lot of opportunities, and um, I'm sure we'll we'll catch back up with you next year, probably around the same time. Yeah, what stories will we have in a year? That's a good way yeah. to think about it. It is. It goes scary. by fast. It's good scary to be that we're Yeah, scary we're going into the next year. So, you know, it's, right. it's, it's crazy. So, uh, well, Mark, we appreciate it. And thank you, everyone, for watching us here on the Carolina Weather Group. We'll see you here real soon.